the story comes out of in the book of Luke. Luke is a, is a gentleman that, that traveled with the Apostle Paul on his journeys, uh, establishing churches all throughout Asia. Uh, he was a doctor by trade. That was his profession. And yet we know him most importantly as a historian, as an author, as a writer. He wrote to us the book of Acts and tells us of the history of the beginnings of the church and that he was a part of that. And yet he really doesn't talk much about himself other than he might throw in the occasional, you know, us or, or we. And he does the same thing with the story of Luke. It's a story of the, the gospel of Luke. It's a story of the, the life of Jesus. And it comes from, it seems like, the perspective of Mary, the mother of Jesus. There are things within this book that has, has information he had to spend time talking with her because he gets a lot of the information at the very beginning about the birth of Christ and, and what transpired within Mary's heart, within her mind, and within her relationship and reaction to the angel coming before her and telling her the story that she was going to have a, a baby, even though she had never conceived before the idea of, of having a baby outside of wedlock, and yet all of a sudden this is going to happen. She'd never been with a man, and her fiancé, Joseph, what's he going to think? But we know as the story goes on how God worked in their lives. And we hear stories of how Mary begins to tell him different things and during that time of, of Jesus' life. And, 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 and knowing that he should be the Messiah, and, and yet also trying to keep him from going to Jerusalem so that he might be killed because she knew that the, the people were out to get him. We see her standing there at the foot of the cross and, and with tears streaming down her face, being comforted by her friends and by other disciples of Jesus. And yet, we come to the very end. We come to this section here in the book of Luke, chapter 24. And instead of celebrating the fact that she was going to have a, a child that was going to be the Son of God, instead of celebrating the fact that this son of hers was going to perform miracles and, and do wonderful things on God's behalf and, and encouraging him to do that, and then things begin to change and realizing that they were going to take her son away from her. She didn't want that to happen. The reality finally sets in. Jesus is dead on a cross. In a rather hurried manner, Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, they, they request from Caiaphas that they might be able to take the body of Jesus and bury him that Friday before 6 o'clock. You see, because the Sabbath starts at 6 p.m. on Friday night. And, and you're not to, to do anything that would disrupt that holy day. And as Jesus hung on a cross on Friday, and he gave up his spirit, as it said, and died about three in the afternoon. They only had three hours to prepare him for burial. And the ladies knew that it probably wasn't done properly because Nicodemus and Joseph were in such a hurry. So they rose early that Sunday morning before the sun even began to rise, and they made their way down to the garden tomb area where Jesus was to be buried, knowing that they were going to encounter soldiers there because the Roman guards were presented as a security effort because the priest did not feel that he would be kept safe in the tomb and that somebody might want to come and steal his body. 
But as the ladies approached that morning, they discovered something unique. The soldiers, they're gone. They're, they, they were terrified. They, they've disappeared. And, and, and as they approached the, the tomb, they know it has to be the tomb, but there's something different about it. The stone that had been sealed just a couple nights before now is, is open and it's gone. It, it's, been, it's been rolled away. And, and they're trying to figure out what has happened. And confusion begins to enter into their minds. And, and you can imagine what it would be like that if you have known you had just buried your friend and you go to the tomb just a few days later and it's dug up again. And you'd be concerned, you'd be worried, you'd be questioning all kinds of things. Going through your mind, what has happened? Where have they taken him? You know, what, what, what's going on? And, and they're trying to figure all these things out. And at this point, then all of a sudden, the story tells us that two men in clothes that were as white as could be, oh, like lightning, just, just blazing brilliance, stood before them and, and had a conversation with the ladies. I said, he's not here. He's risen just as he said he would. You need to go tell his disciples that he's alive. And, and they're trying to figure all this out. And, and, and surely something has happened, so they run back. But Mary kind of, Mary Magdalene kind of lingers a little bit there and... and and her staying for just a little bit longer, Luke tells us that there's a conversation that takes place with somebody she perceived to be a gardener. And so, turns out it wasn't a gardener. It, it was Jesus. The ladies then eventually found Peter and, and James and John and some of the other uh, disciples, and, the, and they told them that... Uh, that Jesus, Jesus is no longer in the tomb. He, he's gone. And that he's alive. They don't want to believe these, these crazy women. Something ha there's no way that that could happen. There, this, is, this is something that's so unique, something so odd and different that they, they don't believe it. Peter and John, they, they get up and they head out running down towards the garden to the tomb area. And uh, you can just see these fellas as they approach the tomb. And, and John gets there first. And, and he just stays outside, <laughs> not for sure what he's going to do. And Peter gets there, and, and he runs on in, and he discovers that they're not there, that Jesus is gone. And, and they're, they're so confused as to what has happened to him. Where, where could he be? And Peter, it says there in, in, verse 13, in verse 12 that he got up and he ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now this story goes on. That's not the end that day. Because Luke tells us now that day, that same day, two more of his disciples were, were, were going to a village called Emmaus. And, and it's just a little ways away from Jerusalem. And they were, they were talking, it's about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that has happened that weekend. And, and they just, they're dumbstruck by the fact that this man that they loved and they had followed, they believed to be the Messiah, was dead. And, and as they're traveling and as they're having this conversation, 
and they're talking and discussing these things, Jesus himself shows up and starts walking along the road with them. But the interesting thing is they don't recognize that it's Jesus. And they continue their conversation talking about what it just happened. They, they just come in and, and just a week ago, just a week ago, he, he was riding on, on a colt, on a donkey, coming into the city. And the city was screaming and shouting and praising him and, and saying that he was to be king of kings. And, and they were shouting Hosanna to, in the highest and, and asking God to bring blessing. But how quickly the crowd changed and turned and they began to say instead of Hosanna, they began to scream crucify him crucify him and they saw how he had been humiliated before the people and he had been beaten and he had been stripped of every bit of humanity that there could be and he was hung on a cross there on the place of the skull Golgotha and this man who had been so innocent, had done so, so many wonderful things and, and had never done anything wrong, was, was placed between two criminals. And he died. And, and they just don't understand what's going on. And, and the disciples, they're, they're saying somebody's done something with the body. They don't know what's happened. The, the ladies are saying that, that he's alive. And <laughs> how foolish could that be? There's no way. They, they saw what had happened to him. They understood the the beatings and the brutality of that Roman soldier's death that they created for him. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? The scripture says they stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor? to Jerusalem and do you not know the things that have happened there in these days and Jesus said well, what things about Jesus of Nazareth they replied he was a prophet powerful in word and deed before God and all the people the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel and, and what is more it is the third day since all this took place and in addition some of our women amazed us they went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body they came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive then some of our companions, they went to the tomb and they, and they found it was just as the women had said, but the hymn they did not see. And he says to them, How foolish you are. How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted it as they were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread. He gave thanks. He broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? 
So they got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It's true. The Lord has risen and he appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus had recognized by them when he broke the bread. There's something powerful in that story. Something unique about that story that's so different. You see, they recognized Jesus after his death and his burial and now in his resurrection. But they really did not recognize who he was until they communed with him. When they broke bread together, they realized who he was. We're going to have an opportunity this morning to break bread again with Jesus, to commune with him, and to remember the sacrifice that was made so that our sins could be forgiven. He is the one. He is the one that the Moses and the prophets had foretold and prophesied all about that would come and redeem us become our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. And it's when we gather around our table of communion and we remember the body that was broken there on the cross, the blood that was shed to forgive us of our sins, that truly the resurrection has power.